0: Welcome to the Press Forward podcast. I'm Nathan Wrigley and I'd like to thank you for joining us again. And if this is your first time with us, I hope that you like it and that you find it useful. We release the Press Forward podcast each week and you can subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player. This can be done by going to wpnoporg forward slash podcast dash feed. Today we're going to be talking to Leo Gopal, but before that, let me tell you a little bit about WP&Up, what we do, and how you can become involved. We're a non-profit working in the WordPress space with a mission to offer support to those that need it. This could be with your mental health, your physical health, or perhaps with your business, or skills. Whatever it might be, you can reach out to us – It's the best way to do that is to go to our homepage, which is wpandop.org. To function, we need to raise money. And until now, this was either via donations at wpandop.org forward slash donate, or by buying one of the larger, more expensive sponsorship packages. A few weeks ago, we started to offer a more bespoke a la carte way that you can help us out. Now you can pick and choose which areas of WP and Up you'd like to sponsor. So, if putting your brand in front of thousands of live event attendees fills you with joy, you can sponsor those specifically. If you love the longevity of hearing your brand played out across the speakers, then the Press Forward podcast is for you. Perhaps you simply want to give with no expectation in return. Well, you can donate in that way as well go to wpandop.org forward slash fund. Thank you. So today we're speaking with Leo Gopal. He's a WordPress developer and has been for many years. Today, though, we don't dwell too much on that. Instead, we talk about Leo's journey with being bipolar. As well as how he lives with chronic insomnia. At the outset of recording this podcast, I had not met Leo and had never spoken to anyone who has had to deal with the things that he does. I was struck by just how positive Leo is, how kind and thoughtful he is. We talk about what it means to be bipolar, how it manifests itself, and what precautions Leo takes to ensure that the ups and downs are easier to manage. We find out that this is not easy, and life can be hard at times. We also talk about how Leo copes with his chronic insomnia. How he has to manage his expectations based upon the length of sleep that he gets. He's built up mechanisms over the years to mediate the impact upon his life. These include medication and writing to his future self with messages that he knows he'll need to hear. Messages written at a time when he was more reflective and thoughtful. Lastly, we talk about his WP Hugs initiative, a WordPress support network which has recently been rolled up into WP and Up. We find out why he started it and why he's happy with its new home. It's such an interesting chat with a very likeable guest. And this is a trigger warning that in this episode, We talk about depression, bipolar, and insomnia. And so, without further ado, here's Leo Gopal.
1: So I'm Leo Gopal. I have started my WordPress journey back when I was in high school, 12 years ago. And for me, that journey began as a writer because... I used to have a deep stutter and writing was the only way I could write fluently. And eventually tinkering with my own website and helping friends with theirs, I became a WordPress developer professionally uh, and have been doing that for the last decade. And now I'm a happiness engineer at Codable. I started WP and Hugs, which is now part of the WP and UP family, purely because I used to go through all recently found out about myself that I have bipolar and for the last 10 years, I have had chronic insomnia, um, which I've had to be functional with. And that brings us to where I am today, trying to help myself, helping others.
0: Leo mentioned that he started out as a writer and that this is an important part of his life. I'm sure that the same is true for many of us. It's enjoyable and quite cathartic to get your ideas written down. Now that Leo is a WordPress developer, I wanted to know if he still had time for writing. I think writing is probably the
1: best therapy that I've given myself. I think had it not been for my love for writing, probably would have discovered that I had bipolar a lot sooner, uh, as in diagnosed. And the only reason I found out about it was because once reached a point when I was around 24, 25, where my regular toolkits of trying to manage my emotions stopped being enough and I needed more than that. And I think writing was one of those things that kept me solid and functional for a very long time. It was a very cathartic experience, putting it out there into the world or putting it into paper. And also, I found, and I think one of my favorite writers, Elaine de Baton, he said, by writing, you experience something twice. Experiencing what I'm writing about my life in a different way the second time by writing it allowed me to think of it differently. And we are what we think. So even my website says I am a writer of code and poetry. Sometimes they have the same thing.
0: I think that it's great that Leo's introduction to WordPress was from his writing. Being a builder of websites, I sometimes forget that the vast amount of people who use WordPress don't really look at the code. They see it as a platform that enables them to publish. Publish their thoughts, ideas, writing, videos and images. I wondered if Leo had had any previous experience with web technologies prior to using WordPress?
1: Nothing, I actually had a WordPress website before I could have my own email address. I was at a point where one of my friends set up a WordPress site for me and they set up an email address and I would use the WordPress website more often than I would check my mail. And I think I only got my first email address a year after I got my first WordPress site. Well, so the writing site happened in my third year of high school. I think that was around maybe like 2004, 2005. And then I also did information technology or IT as a subject in school, which is programming and stuff. So then I fused my website, which I used to like writing on, and my subject IT, which I really loved. And I started tweaking my site and building on top of that as a side project in order to understand both better. So I improved the medium in which I presented my writing by learning my favorite subject in high school. So when I finished high school, I could pretty much do most things with WordPress that were capable of the system at the time, which was back in 2009. And in 2009, April, I got my first job as a junior web developer straight out of high school in
0: April. So this year will be like 11 years. Earlier on... Leo mentioned that his writing enabled him to work out that he had bipolar tendencies. In the show notes, I link to an article that Leo wrote to himself. It's called An Open Letter to Myself. And if you have the time, it's well worth a read, because it gives context to how having bipolar tendencies affects Leo's life. Cycles of ups and downs. I asked him to explain more about this. By looking back
1: at my writing, I could see that I had bipolar tendencies, but it was more of a a hindsight, so after I had a period where my regular toolkit of mindfulness, meditation, writing, and all of that wasn't enough to get me through one of the rough patches that I was going through when I was around 24, 25. This was around 2016, 2017. I was then diagnosed officially by a psychiatrist as having a type of bipolar. And at first, I didn't understand what that was. I didn't know what it meant, but they shared more about what... I would have experience in life and by going back to my journals and going back to my writing I could see yes I did have these cyclic episodes. There were periods where I would experience myself having like four times the feeling of being able to accomplish what I normally would as the normal version of me. I would have the neutral regular experience of being just average. And then with every up is the down, and as high as I would go, that's how low I would follow. And it was through one of these lows. I had experienced one of the highest highs I had ever experienced. And it lasted for like almost three months, where I felt invincible. I mean, I had like three promotions in that time while I was living in Cape Town. I was doing really good work. I had two roles, both one was client-facing, one was development-facing, one was as a team leader, one was actually as the developer. And then that was a moment in my mania, in my high, and then I dipped. And as high as I went, that's as low as I, I had gotten. And it was in that time that I discovered when I needed more help that yes, I have a type two bipolar unspecified. And my writing helped me understand how my cycles worked, how I worked by going back and looking at it and understanding it. And that's actually where that open letter to myself that you mentioned earlier came from. Uh, It was me, while I felt okay, writing to the part of me when I know I'm not okay and how that part of me feels and letting that part know that this part of me is coming and I'm here for you.
0: Although I had heard of the term bipolar before, I confess that I have had no experience of it. As far as I'm aware, nobody whom I know has this in their lives. I'd heard that there were highs and lows, but my knowledge ended there. Leo says that the highs follows the lows and there are more, quote-unquote, normal periods in between. Added to that, the more intense the high, the more intense the low. I wondered at what point Leo thought that his highs and lows were not typical for most people. It was quite difficult
1: to understand how different my different was, especially in high school, because... I was very, very lucky in high school to be able to find a group of friends very early. And there were about 11 of us and we were pretty much the black sheep of the school in terms of all 11 of us were completely different in different ways. And the only thing we all had in common was our, our shared intellectual abilities. We were pretty much 11 smartest kids in the school. And we acknowledged our differences or our traits of being different as just a part of being like that. And none of us was too much like the other. So when I was experiencing my differences, I just thought that this is just my flavor of different. And that's his flavor of different. We pretty much helped each other. I know one of my other friends in that group has general anxiety and type 1 bipolar, which is just slightly less life-affecting as the one that I have, and none of us knew it. We just thought this was life, and we're here to support each other, and that was enough. So that actually taught me that it doesn't matter what you have, Um, As long as you have people who are around you that care about you, that are non-judgmental and who are there for you, it doesn't matter what you have. And it doesn't matter if they understand what you have and it doesn't matter if you do, just that that support is beautiful
0: and enough. One of the purposes of this podcast is to enable people to share their stories, so that others might listen and gain a deeper understanding of the topic under discussion. In this episode, that's a discussion about what it's like to live a life being bipolar. But as I mentioned, I don't really have an understanding of what bipolar means. So I asked Leo to explain how it manifests itself in his life. Definitely. I can actually share
1: with you two sides of it as well. The first side would be before I was, well, I won't say before I was diagnosed. I have periods where I have to change the meds that I am on because my body gets too used to it and it's less effective. So it's as if I am not on meds. So there's that version and there's the version where You are on meds and it works. And if I can explain both sides, I think it'll be super helpful. So the first side, the super high. Firstly, I must say that it's for any regular person. It is usually a very risky time because you feel invincible. You feel like no decision you can make is wrong. Uh, You're very spontaneous. You don't think through your, your decisions very clearly unless you've learned to focus it on something that is productive. And for me, a lot of the time I have done that by focusing it on work. And during times like that, I usually double or triple the amount of work that I produce or the solutions that I deliver and stuff like that. When I have those periods, it feels like I'm in a in a genius streak. And it's called manic and mania for a reason because everything you do is a lot faster. Like, you mean, in the kitchen, like, I'm super loud during that phase, because I'm like, just like, using my legs to open the drawers, open this, blend that, and like, it's crazy. And you don't notice it, because you're doing it. It's, it's very difficult to understand the system in which you are a part of. But I understand when I'm getting into a mania phase and stuff like that. And if I don't have work to focus it on, so like, say, mania arrives, or I still am in mania on like a weekend or something like that and i'm just with friends i will be with them and i'll be going out i'll be doing stuff until like the last person says you know what leo i really need to go to bed now i'm kind of (laughs) normal so that's what like a mania is if you were to witness me you would absolutely be able to tell But on an interpersonal level, when dealing with people, all three of my states I've been able to manage when it comes to interpersonal relationships. So you wouldn't be able to tell the difference if we're just having a call or a talk or we're just chatting on on Slack or anything. It's in actually seeing me do stuff, that's when it's, it's obvious. And then there is this awareness that's Once you know that you're in a high, there comes the fear that, oh, this is amazing, this feels great. But as great as this feels, this is as low as I'm going to go in a little while. So however long the high lasts, like maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few weeks, I know that as soon as it ends, I'm going to go to a period of a few days that are just normal, and then I'm going to dip, into a depressive period, which is as low as the high was high. So that's how it feels without meds or anything that helps it. And for a lot of people who haven't learned the ability to focus their mania, uh, it could lead to a lot of bad decisions like taking drugs or like spending a lot of money or having a lot of alcohol all the time or, or like stuff like that which is usually how a lot of people first get diagnosed because they go through periods of that and then they completely stopped and they're fine and they wonder why. And then that helps most psychiatrists diagnose. And I was diagnosed late because I always focused it on something that helped me be functional, which kind of was a good and a bad thing. And this other side, when you medicated, now, When you medicated, you almost at a plateau all the time. So you're neither high, you're neither low, but you know what the high feels like. And there are a lot of times when I have to admit that I miss it when on meds. So the reason I want to say that is because I have a few friends as well who are bipolar, and when they had the first time where they missed the high, they thought that there was something wrong with them and I just want like other people out there to know who are listening to this and are having that aha moment to know that it's normal to miss that feeling of invincibility. I must also admit that it doesn't always happen in that order. So sometimes the low comes first. So like the way I like thinking about it, the high is, is sort of like bungee jumping. So as high as you, or well, skydiving, as high as you fly, just as hard you'll fall. But if it happens the other way around, it's sort of like being an arrow. As far as you're being pulled back. When you let go, that's as far as you're going to go when you when you get the high. So
0: the cycle repeats. The high is followed by a low, and vice versa. I was curious as to whether or not Leo was able to have an understanding during those highs and lows that this is what he's currently experiencing. In other words, I know that this is a high and I need to be cognizant of that. Then
1: you get these little moments of mindful consciousness of awareness of where you are, and you understand that, yes, I am in a high, and I'm, am I am either using it well or I am not, but either way, I am I'm happy. And I'm also aware of how happy I am or how manic I am. And there's that little bit of fear that comes in that tells me, you know what? Enjoy this moment right now because when it's over, as happy as you are now, that's as low as you're going to go in a few days' time.
0: So that was the highs. But as Leo has said, the highs are most often followed by a low. And so I wanted to know about what that felt like.
1: Well, it feels like everything I I should be doing, I get limited to the things I know I need to have to do to be functional. So like doing my work, getting online at the right time to get my work done. Every action becomes a necessity because of how difficult everything feels you're so unmotivated like getting out of bed is difficult just going to make a coffee or deciding to do something for yourself is difficult the only things i end up actually doing are the things i know i need to do you know to get this day done with and then once the day is done with i pretty much do nothing but i do try to try and be better keep up with my writing to like try and help get my mind out of the place where it is because in this periods where I'm that low, nothing feels worthy good enough. Like, why should I be bothered to do this thing? Why is this necessary? I'm not happy. What's the point? Today is just the exact same as yesterday, just with different ingredients, so what's the point of the world, kind of thing. And that's pretty much where that open letter comes from. It's knowing what that's like.
0: Having listened to Leo describing the highs and the lows, it feels like during his highs, he feels no doubt. He does not question whether he can do something. He has no doubt that he can. And the opposite during the lows... He doubts himself a lot. Perhaps doubt is the right word, or perhaps not.
1: Or like a very low confidence in firstly achieving what I'm trying to do, but not only in achieving it, in questioning whether it's a worthy thing to be doing. I mean, so many times I had to convince myself that when you're normal, or when you're in mania, leo, You do love your job. You do love helping these people. You do love building these things. So in this period right now, just make sure you maintain those things so that they're still there for when you get out of this. Because that's one of the other scary things is you become so doubtful and so unmotivated and so not part of your normal self that the fear that i sometimes have when i am in the high or when i am in the plateau is what if the low version of leo doesn't care enough to take care of his job or to take care of the passion projects that he has or like the relationships that he has with other people his friendships and he loses them and when i come back i don't have them because of him uh you've seen that open letter to myself that's pretty much the only one that i've posted publicly but i actually have two journals one journal is my yearly normal everyday journal that i would use no matter what state i am in and then there is the other one which is what i call my betterment journal and the idea of that is not to steer myself in any direction But it is purely there to write down the things I feel, the things that I enjoy, the things that I feel, things that I know have been good for me. And I read that journal in times when I am in the high mania to understand that I shouldn't make any risky decisions that might risk losing like maybe this friendship which is one of my anchor friendships or when i'm in low to get up and like be consistent at my work so that i don't lose that because that helps me stay stable in my mania and in my normalcy so and i write it as if i'm writing to a version of myself in that journal whereas the daily everyday journal that's just what happened today uh, how it made me feel and stuff like that. Whereas that one is like, dear Leo, like when you're down, I understand these are the things you need to keep doing because they will allow you to have these things when you get out of here. Because I know if you lose these things, when you get out of here, you're just going to come back here and blame yourself for them. So it's not going to help you.
0: Leo mentioned earlier that he takes medication to assist him. I'm guessing, therefore, that there is a medical, biological component to all of this. I thought it would be helpful if he could explain more. For a lot of people, the chemical
1: imbalance is either between a lack of serotonin uptake or a lack of dopamine uptake. Both of these are like your happiness drugs in the brain but it's always like a deficiency. So it goes in cycles. That's why you get these episodic rises and dips, rises and dips. Mine is slightly different to most cases because I don't have the receptors for the creation or the reception of dopamine at all, which means my body doesn't create it naturally. In any way. So any dopamine that my body does get is from external sources through my meds and stuff like that. So you might have seen the WPN Hugs logo. If you look carefully, it's actually a, a dopamine molecule without the without the chemicals written on it.
0: I know that some people are not comfortable using medication. But knowing that Leo does not have the receptors to create or receive dopamine, I guess that this was an easy decision for him to decide to use medication.
1: Easy is actually a right word because at the time it was a necessity, it wasn't like I could choose whether or not to do it. I knew that if I don't do this, I'm going to end up in a place that might have a no return because I actually got diagnosed after a suicide attempt that I had back in 2017. That was when one of my lows got so low after a high that was way too high. My regular toolkit couldn't help me out of it, and that's when I was diagnosed. And I had to take the medication and realized and learned a lot about where where I was. And taking the medication was a guarantee that my highs will never be that high anymore if I continue uh, on this path. I also mean that my lows would never be that low to get me to that position again. It was an easy decision, born of necessity.
0: There is another aspect to today's conversation that we have not yet touched upon. But I know that Leo was keen to share about it. And that is Leo's relationship with insomnia. He has chronic acute insomnia, which I asked him to explain.
1: So, having chronic acute insomnia is kind of like always being happy because Christmas is six sleeps away, no matter when you're thinking about it. When I am in a situation where my chronic insomnia is, let's say, at its average, I would probably average maybe five hours of sleep every three to four days. And it would be more of a passing out than it is as a falling asleep. It's just like, okay, now my body's had it and I have to fall asleep and stuff like that. But it can go to periods where it lasts longer than that. Having mania and bipolar definitely does not help, especially when you're manic and you have insomnia. They definitely do not help each other. And I from experience, like maybe day five or day six of having no sleep, you reach a period where, well, for me, I get auditory hallucinations. So I like start hearing the kettle boiling or like someone talking that I know is in other room, but I know that maybe they're asleep or I know that they're hallucinations. Like I know I'm I'm hearing something that isn't actually happening. And then you get day seven or eight where that differentiation gets lost. But the hardest part during all of this is trying to stay functional in, an, in a normal society. Imagine a normal person not having a full night's sleep and still having to have a full day functional at work. It's very difficult. But I've had that for about the last decade now. So like I've had to learn tools to know where I am and to stay functional. Like, I have these two, how shall I say, tricks that I use to try and understand where my cognitive uh, abilities lie without having much sleep at the moment. Uh, One's a deck of cards, and the other is a Rubik's Cube. So, what I do with a deck of cards is I shuffle it, I ruffle through them so that I can see them. And as many as I can recall by flipping them over from memory, that's how good or bad, I know I am currently, I know, it's, okay, my memory is at this level. And then with the Rubik's Cube, it tests my problem solving. How quickly can I solve it and can I solve it? And that's when I know like, okay, I'm at this point now and I need to like maybe let my manager know that I found myself in a place where I just need to take a little time off to like just reset and and regroup and and get back on on board and stuff like that. And it's one of those things that I haven't been able... It's not as easy to control as the bipolar with medications and stuff like that because one of the things with my body is I get so used to the medication, they just become ineffective. I don't get addicted to them. They just stop being useful to me. So sleeping medications and stuff like that, there's only a few kinds that you can actually get that are effective and I've tried most of them. So it just sometimes means I have to cycle back to, to an old one or have like a few months detox of no sleeping meds at all, which can sometimes be very difficult. Your own mind is a thing that tells you whether or not you're okay or, or you are. And when you're not okay, you can't trust your mind to tell you whether you're not okay or you, or you aren't. I had to have something that was not part of my mind that could be able to assess whether I was okay or not to carry on or to tell someone that I needed help.
0: Having no sleep can be very hard to deal with and it's very hard to have control over your sleep. I wondered if there was any chance that Leo might, at some point in the future, be able to take charge of the amount of sleep that he gets.
1: For me, it's just how it's going to be because of how rapidly my mind works and with its complete lack of dopamine and its inability to create the chemicals that dopamine is part of the process that helps you know, create the chemicals that allow you to feel drowsy and fall asleep. So with having that imbalance, it causes a lot of other like subsidiary issues. My chronic insomnia is just one of those, those things that, that sets it off. And the weird part is it's almost like a cycle. So, for example, if I go into like an insomniac period, chances are if it lasts slightly longer, as soon as I wake up from like a nap or any kind of sleep, I know I'm instantly in mania, for example. So
0: it's like they feed off each other. Despite all of the things that we've just been hearing Leo talk about, he still managed to carry on and to create a career for himself. More than that, he set up WP Hugs with the aim of helping other people. Yeah, and
1: to be honest, that was just a very, very beautiful accident that happened. I was due to speak at WordCamp Cape Town, which is South Africa's biggest WordCamp Camp that we were having at the time. And I believe this was towards the end of 2016. It was during the beginning part of that really bad period that I told you about. And I decided that I wanted to share this experience with others in the development community because I realized how common it is in the tech industry. So I had this whole prepared slides and everything. And that morning I deleted... All of my slides and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna tell my story. And at the bottom I just put hashtag WP hugs because well I'm a hugger. <laughs> and also a hugging gives me dopamine. So that's why I like it. And I put hashtag WP hugs at the bottom and it started trending in Cape Town. And people wanted to wanted to know what it was. And I was approached by so many people after my talk who just came to me and said, you know what I've been going through that as well, but I never felt, you're so brave. I've never felt like telling anybody. And the way you explained it, it, I feel okay to do that now. And then February, after my episode that I had, and when I was properly diagnosed that March, I started WPHugs.org, and I created a Slack channel, and I created what was called the Buddy System. And... I also created a how are you score so it was forbidden to say how are you I'm fine it was like how are you seven or like how are you four and those numbers meant something it was like I'm a seven I'm doing pretty great but I know I could do better four I'm kind of struggling but I'll let you know if I need help kind of thing and a body system where everyone in the community found like one other person where they could just unjudgmentally talk to and like tell how their day was and by helping other people it was me helping myself i i don't think i would have i would have been able to be this functional or have gotten where i am now had i not accidentally created that community
0: now WP Hugs has been brought under the umbrella of WP and UP. Why did Leo do that?
1: I have this belief that under no exception are we not always better together. And when I saw WP and UP and how it was formed and how it's growing and how the support it has is so vibrant and so there and, and the goals are so extraordinary. WP Hugs, for me as the founder of it at the time, I believe it had, it had grown, it had matured, but it had reached as far as I could take it on my own, and I wanted this baby of mine to grow, to be part of something bigger, to be beyond myself. I didn't want it to be in a situation where, if something happened to me, WP and Hugs would fade away. I wanted to be like, no, let's be part of something better, bigger, greater than myself. And that's how I decided to get in touch with WP and Up and said so like, let's be a family. Let's bring what I grew into what you are growing. And I know that it will grow beyond all of us. And that was my vision for it.
0: One of the purposes of the Press Forward podcast is to lift the lid on topics that don't get talked about often enough. To allow people to share their stories so that others may listen, and by listening, they may gain an understanding that they're not alone. There are other people out there who have faced the same situations that you are facing. They have found a way through, and can offer support to you on your journey. Maybe that person's already in your life. But they might not be, and that's what WPNOP is here for, to connect you with the support that you need. So, if you are able to, please help us, so that we can continue to support the WordPress community. You can donate at wpnup.org forward slash donate. That's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it useful or helpful. Reach out to us at wpnop.org forward slash contact. There's a serious point to all of this, and that is that WPNUP is here to provide help and support. That help is available for you or the people that you know, and it can be easily accessed at the WPNOP.org website. Please spread the word about the podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on your favourite podcast player. And remember that together we can. Hashtag press forward.